And hello, everyone. This is Rich Sports Talk. Sports Talk worth a million. I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Well, the New York Jets are victorious in the Battle of New York, and for at least one week, their coach will not be on the hottest seat in New York City. So this was a game where we said it coming in, whoever won this game, you'd feel better about, and whoever lost this game, I would not want to be that head coach. And does this give Adam Gase a complete pass? No. But there was a lot of good things I really liked about this game, and I'm going to get into that. And, of course, what Adam Gase needs to do the rest of the season to get some faith from the Jets fan base. I don't think he can completely win them over at this point. But there are a few things that if Adam Gase wants to keep his job next year that he has to get done. But let's start off with the good. And the good thing was Sam Darnold. And I kept hearing this from Giant fans over the last couple weeks saying, Ugh, we made the right decision drafting Saquon Barkley. We didn't need Sam Darnold. We got Daniel Jones. We made out better. And look, Daniel Jones, I do think, is going to be a very good player. And for people that doubt me, just go back to my podcast last October when I said Daniel Jones would be a first-round pick out of Duke. I was on the Daniel Jones trade probably before anyone else. But here's the thing. You left yesterday saying Darnold, of all the quarterbacks, Darnold made the most improvement. And it's not a big improvement, but it wasn't turning the football over. Daniel Jones did throw for four touchdowns. And if you just looked at the box scores, you're like, man, Jones looked really good in this game. But if you actually watch the game, you realize that Darnold, to me, had the better game, right? Darnold was the one that came up with big third down conversions. Darnold was the one at the end of that game that took over. Darnold was the one that put the Jets in front and then led them on a drive to get another field goal. Jones had opportunities. He had cracks, but couldn't get it done. And he actually was beneficial yesterday because he had three fumbles, only lost one. Jamal Adams ripped one and took it for a touchdown. But I will say this about Sam Darnold. I do think that we saw a lot of great things from Darnold yesterday. But more importantly, you have to look at the circumstances. Every circumstance is different, right? Coming into this game, I saw this everywhere, and I tended to agree. And people saying, well, Jones had the better day at four touchdowns. Well, let me throw this out there. Coming into yesterday, who had the better running back? Well, you could say a push, but I do think a lot of people would say Saquon. But if you want to be fair, we could say push. Okay. Offensive line. Giants. Tight end. You would say the Giants throughout this year, because even though Herndon was back for the Jets, he was used more as a decoy. Outside of defensive line and safety, I looked at all these units, and I think the Giants are better, especially offensively. And let's not forget, Darnold still faced a lot of pressure. Darnold had pressure. There was a couple plays where he was catching the snap, and he had guys in his face. But what did he do differently yesterday? He threw it away. And another big thing, he was more mobile yesterday. I do think the last couple weeks, even though he is technically back from mono, from everything I've researched with Mono, even when you get over Mono, it still lingers. You still feel tired. You still feel fatigued. And I, it just looked like Sam wasn't 100%. And let's be honest, I don't know if he's going to be 100% this season. But one thing I did notice yesterday was he was a lot more mobile. He looked a lot more comfortable running outside the pocket. He had a couple of big runs, including the big run on third down. 
he looked more comfortable. And I think this could be a big turning point because the last couple weeks, he's been in the pocket a lot more. And I was looking at the game film and I'm like, man, I thought one of the big benefits of Darwin was his mobility, getting outside the pocket. And we're starting to see it a little bit more as he's getting further away from the mono. But I do think when he first came back, he was, I don't know, either leery about getting outside the pocket and taking a shot, or maybe just he's not feeling 100%. But he did what he had to do. He moved the football. He made plays. And more importantly, he didn't turn it over. And these are the two biggest things moving forward for Darnold the rest of the season. Number one, don't turn the football over. They don't have a defense and they don't have a team that can overcome mistakes. But the second thing is, I know Darnold likes to take shots. He likes to push the ball down the field. But just play conservative like you did yesterday. Because the thing is, in order to take shots down the field, you need receivers that can either separate down the field or an offensive line that can give you time. And right now, let's be honest, the Jets don't have both. Anderson can get loose a couple plays. Crowder can get loose in the short yardage range. But you don't have a guy that can stretch the field consistently over the 10-yard mark. So for the Jets right now, I don't think it makes sense to try to push the ball downfield and take those shots, especially because Darnold's been a little bit interception prone. I think you got to build his confidence back up a little bit, but the Jets don't have the personnel. After yesterday, and we don't know the extent of the Brian Winters injury, but the Jets offensive line since opening day only has their left tackle, Kelvin Beecham. He's just returning from an injury. They have a new left guard, a new center, a new right guard, and a new right tackle. And even if this offensive line was completely healthy, we still had questions about it. But they're down to the backups. And for all the comparisons we're going to get moving forward, it's going to be the Darnold Jones comparison and the Saquon and Darnold comparison. For all the Giants fans saying, oh, Saquon is an incredible talent, Saquon was the right choice, Saquon's been banged up this year. And over the last two games, he hasn't rushed for over... 50 yards in both those games combined. That's alarming, especially against two defenses where you could run the football. But once again, Sam Darnold proved why this organization is behind him, why there is hope, why people keep saying he's going to outlast the coach, because he's showing you he has the upside. And even yesterday, he had a lot of traffic in his face. Offensive line was terrible again. Had no running game. Le'Veon Bell had 34 yards on the ground, and yet this offense put up 34 points. I want to remind you that when Darnold was injured, this team couldn't get first downs. They got five first downs in the span of two weeks. And the big thing about this season, especially the end of this season, it's going to be about Darnold's development. You want to go into next season with complete confidence in Sam Darnold. Another building block... Jamal Adams, and of course the big headline this week was he finally met with Adam Gase and Joe Douglas and said the conversation went incredibly well. And let's let's be honest, there's been a big debate about you know the whole draft. The Daniel Jones to Sam Darnold, the Saquon Barkley, but can we just say here and today that the best football player in New York City is Jamal Adams. It, it, for either team, it's Jamal Adams. He took over that field yesterday. And it makes you wonder if they actually had some pieces in front of him, how good he could be. Look, that Jet defense scared you at a lot of times, especially when they were down, I think, to their fourth and fifth corner, and now down to what, linebacker number eight and nine? 
it feels like they're going to be getting the cat from underneath the bleachers to be the next middle linebacker with another injury at this rate. But this was a great effort by Jamal Adams. And if I'm the New York Jets, at the end of this offseason, I am going to Jamal and saying, look, we know how much you want to be here. We know you were upset with the trade rumors. And we can tell that we made a mistake that you want to be here, that you are a building block, that you want to change the culture. And we understand that. And I would give him a contract extension. And I know, I know, you never want to pay in the NFL player early. But here's the thing. Number one, you are sending a message to Jamal and you're sending a message to this locker room that you are committed to changing the culture. And it starts with him. And without question, he's not only the best player on this team, but he is right now the emotional leader of this team. I watched that game yesterday, and people will talk about what he did on the field. But you know what people don't talk about? It's what he did off the field. Every bench shot I saw, he was talking to his players, trying to get them hyped up, trying to get them to stay focused. He was coaching them up on the sideline. That's what a great leader does. That's what a Ray Lewis did. That's what a Troy Palomalu did. Not only did they want to be great, as an individual, but they were helping guys around them to try to get the most out of them. And that's what they need moving forward. And here's the thing. You send a message to Jamal with a contract extension. I know you probably could get a ton of picks for Jamal, unless some team offers you something incredibly stupid where you basically have to say the Jets had no choice but to turn it down. But I don't see that happening. And if I'm the Jets, I'm signing Jamal to a long-term deal. And I'm basically telling him, look, you're our franchise on defense. We're sending you this message, and we believe in you so much. We're going to get you a contract early. Because here's the other thing, too. If you don't extend him, two things could happen. Number one, if it doesn't go well to start next season, he might want out because he'll get sick of the losing. But the second thing, and the most important thing, is if he continues to play like this and get better, because you've seen progression from year one to year two to now year three. The thing with the NFL and the contracts is, it's whosoever's up next. There's no set market value. Jamal Adams, when he gets paid, he's going to be the highest paid safety. Why should the Jets wait another year for that number just to keep going up? Make him the highest paid safety this year. Send a message to the locker room, but more importantly, do it before he has another great season, and you're going to have to pay him even more. But you saw that yesterday, and Jamal Adams proved that not only is he the best player on the Jets right now, but he is the best player in New York City when it comes to football. And now we come to Adam Gase, who, if you've been listening to any sort of talk radio about the New York Jets, you know the feeling of the fan base. You saw the banner flying over the George Washington Bridge on Friday saying, fire Adam Gase now. There was no one on a hotter seat until last night when the Giants lost. Now, Shermer jumps Gase in that bracket. But here's the thing with Gase. In the front office is urging patience with him. They're not going to fire him this season. End of the season could be a different story. But here's the thing. If Adam Gase wants a job in 2020, you have to make Sam Darnold look good. I've been on this show saying, and I said after the Dallas game, right, wins and losses don't matter for Gase right now. It doesn't matter. What matters is progression. And if Darnold plays well, and he's got a bunch of bad defenses the second half of the season, 
if they can beat Miami, if they can go into Washington, because Washington's a big trap game right now. you got Dwayne Haskins, rookie quarterback, going. This is a classic trap game for the Jets. If they can go into Washington and get a win, if they can get a couple of wins, I'm, I know they're not going to make the playoffs like Sam Darnold thinks they can. I mean, the Jets are done. But if the Jets can get to 6-10, and 10, play the rest of the season really well, and then you realize you get C.J. Mosley, Avery Williamson back next season, the outlook looks a lot different. But for Adam Gaze, it was all about the quarterback. And yesterday, Sam Darnold looked good. Now, there are a lot of concerns still about Gaze. I didn't love a couple things in yesterday. Number one, once again, offense looks great on script. Coming out of the locker room, Darnold goes right up and down the field. But the second and third quarter, once again, a trouble error for this offense because defense makes adjustments and Gase has trouble making those adjustments. I do think he played well in the fourth quarter. He got this offense going again. I was a little bit more concerned about some of the play calling in. I thought they should be a little bit more aggressive to really put the Giants away. I think they kept the Giants in for a little bit too long, try to maybe take a more aggressive play call. But I get it. He has limitations on this team with that offensive line, which can restrict the playbook. But a couple things concerning about head coach. I mean, the two challenges back-to-back with the spot challenge and then the and then Daniel Jones on the incomplete pass where he wanted to look for a fumble. My thought process was simple. Look, those plays, you're probably not going to get overturned. And I was thinking like a lot of Jet fans probably were. It's a seven-point game. A lot of Jet fans were feeling the Giants and Daniel Jones were going to march down the field and score another touchdown. Give Sam Darnold all three timeouts to work with. So I didn't like the clock management. I didn't like the play calling in the middle of the game. Once again, I'm concerned that once this team gets off that first 15-play script, they have a lot of trouble making those in-game adjustments. And and it gets infuriating when you don't see those adjustments being made and a lack of creative play calling. But I have to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on the creative play calling right now for Gase because the thing with the Jets right now is, and I would like to see more running plays and more putting Le'Veon Bell in the slot and getting the ball to him in space, but the limitations of this offensive line, I mean, they're down four starters right now. If that's the case, I can understand a little bit where Gase may be coming from. But it also baffles me how they can come out, look unstoppable the first 15 plays of a game, and then once again you saw that worrying pattern where all of a sudden in the second quarter defense makes an adjustment and the Jets can't move the football. So I have to see improvement there. So for Gase's two biggest things, number one, clearly, Sam Darnold. Darnold has to look good these last couple games. And the big thing for him is I do think he's looking healthier. But number two, especially on the offense, show some adjustments. Be able to have a good second and third quarter. Be able to show me you can get off script and make those in-game adjustments. And right now, for Gase, he's not the biggest talking point in the city, which is good. He gets a little bit of a break this week but you can't lay a dud against the Redskins. You have to beat the Redskins. You have to go and beat the Dolphins again. That gets you to four wins. If this team finishes 6-10, and and I know it's not what people wanted and it's not ideal, but if Darnold and this offense comes around, especially the last couple games, and they finish out the season well, then ownership, if they're really sold on Gase, and I know the fan base, and I'm not sold on him either, 
but they have to see that progression because if they don't, then it's going to be easy. You have to get rid of him because I need to see you make adjustments. And for at least one week, Darnold looked good. The Jets didn't embarrass themselves, and their quarterback finally appears to be going in the right direction. But once again, they can't take anything for granted, and they have to show up in Washington. Because if they don't, this whole thing will start all over again, especially Gase. Once again, even though he's still on the hot seat, the seat will once again be scalding hot. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here on the episode today. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to podcasts. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms, so whatever's easiest for you, check us out there. And, of course, we're on YouTube as well. And check us out on social media using the handle Rich Sports Talk. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, email us richsportstalk at gmail.com. But until next time, this is Rich Sports Talk.